Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where all that the Catholic Church believes and teaches is served fresh daily. So come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzymski. Hello and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff and sitting here in the luxurious corner booth with Tom Dorian. Hello, Tom. (laughs) Hello, Deacon Jeff. We are ready for another exciting topic I'm here. ready. I'm on the edge of my chair. Are you? Excuse me, edge of my booth. I brought out my family album. I see that. So that we can talk about becoming members of the family of God here. It's going to be fun. That's right. We're going You've to got talk, a lot of members, too. Uh, <laughs> and even more because we're members of the family of God. That's exactly. A big, that's a big family. That's huge. So we need a bigger booth, probably. A billion something. Yeah, well, there's a lot. Yes. And those who have gone before us, just, don't oh, forget them right. as well. Yeah, man. So we are going to talk about... The sacrament of baptism, the Catholic understanding of the sacrament of baptism. Great. And so uh, what we've done is we've uh, invited a great guest to be with us. This is a great guest. That's right. It's Father Martin Maduabuchi Orgianioke, and he's from the Diocese of Ou. Wow. Yeah, in southeastern Nigeria. I can't believe you said all that. That's great. You know, I, I don't know that I said it correctly. I might have said, like, you have a lovely rhinoceros. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Father Martin, we'll call you Father Martin. How, how did I do in the pronunciations? Did I do okay? Thank you, Dick and Jeff. I'm <laughs> glad to be here at this Catholic Cafe. I hope people from the southeastern part of Nigeria are joined in the spirit to in this Catholic Cafe because it's a community of the people of God. I think you got it right. Oh, okay, very yes, good. Yes, it's all war. Yeah, all very war. good. Yes, yes, that's what I meant to say anyway. Yes. Well, you know, the, the people uh, in your diocese can, uh, can tune in to www.thecatholiccafe.com dot com and they can hear this on the web. Yes, they're doing that because our bishop just erected a, a, a cafe, actually a booth where people can go and uh, go into the internet. Well, wonderful. Yes. So you need to send uh, send word back to your people in your diocese and let them know that they can go to the Catholic Cafe. Yes, it's a, something very great. Our bishop, uh, a newly ordained bishop, about three years ago. He felt the need to get connected to the World Wide Web. So they will be connected, Bishop John, if I ain't you cool, yeah, I and that's And that's wonderful. We, yes. we thank that, Bishop, because he's got a good idea. Because through that technology, we also can see this, the, the beauty of our connectivity uh, as being members of the family of God. That we're, we're bonded to the people of Nigeria just as we are to the people of Australia or Spain or, or the United States. Pick any country uh, or, or any land. We're all bound together. And we do that. Through the, the sacrament of baptism and our understanding of baptism. Thank you. That is great and perfect because baptism actually is the beginning or the door into the church. Well, let's talk about some of the effects and that, that the Catholic Church teaches that there are in this sacrament of baptism. A lot of people view baptism uh, simply as an ordinance or uh, like someone wearing a wedding ring. It just says that I'm married. Uh, but really, our sacrament of baptism carries with it so much more weight. So many effects come with this sacrament. And first, maybe we should talk about the idea that um, not only original sin, that sin from our first parents, but any sins that we've committed in the past, depending on the age that we are when we receive that sacrament, um, are washed away. That is exactly correct, because uh, many people have some limitations, thinking that uh, baptism deals only with original sin. But actually, in effect, baptism will equally remove and cleanse all the sins, actual sins committed before the baptism is 
before uh, somebody is baptized. So it's not just the original sin. But the idea is there that, that, that baptism does wash us clean. Clean, because it's the sacrament of regeneration. Baptism has many names. There are many ways people can describe it. It is a baptism. It is equally a sacrament of cleansing. You see? Yes, beautiful. Good. Now, another wonderful uh, uh, effect of the sacrament of baptism is this idea that, that an indelible sign or mark is put on our soul at that point. This is one of the reasons why the Catholics will only baptize one time. We don't repeat this sacrament. It's non-repeatable because once we receive this character mark on our souls, it's forever now branded as a Christian soul, basically. We are, we are forever a child of God at that point. And that is actually what the church calls the sanctifying grace because this grace doesn't die. Once you are baptized, it's indelible. It's a mark that remains forever. Even sin can't even remove it. The only thing that sin may diminish it, but it can't remove it. Mm. So when somebody begins to live again and turn himself through penance, through getting reconciliation, going to confession, living a good life, that person, this grace is like it's flamed up again. And the way I always explain it when I, when I teach the baptismal prep classes uh, that I do at my local parish is that if you imagine your soul before baptism being sort of a formless lump of clay and that the, the priest or the deacon, whoever does the baptism, operating in the person of Christ forms your soul into like a little bowl. Right, you're, you're, and, it's for, and then, then the grace pours into that bowl. Exactly, because that is the love of God. Is that grace that is poured into it, so that 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 bowl, as you are talking, begins to respond to the love of God. You see, and at the same time, uh, through life, you can you can you can move around a little bit, and you can spill the contents of that bowl to a certain degree, and you can actually empty that bowl. Now that bowl is still there. Yeah, that indelible character of your soul has been changed forever, forever oriented to God. Yes, but you can lose some of that grace, and that's where we have that sacrament of confession uh, to, to, to refill that bowl. To heal. <laughs> that's right. That, that sacrament can equally be called the sacrament of healing because it will be healing because sin will do something like a wound. That's right. That bowl can equally be something described as something that is life. So now, when sin comes, it does a wound on it, and the sacrament of reconciliation will do a healing of it. And then there's another great effect. Uh, that the Catholic Church teaches about baptism, and, and that is that you have entrance. Suddenly, you you'd mentioned it's a door, right? Yes. But this is really the same way as an entry into that mystical body of Christ. You become part of this bigger family, this uh, the body of Christ. You become a member at that point. It's like once you are baptized, every member of the baptized Catholic community, you are part of it. Whether you are in Africa, you are in Asia, you are in America, South or North, even you are even connected to the mystical body of Christ, which even includes those in purgatory. We are connected forever to all forever. of those people, yes. those uh, past and those present, and we will be to those in the future. That is actually what the church is talking about, the church militants. The church sufferings and the church triumphants. And so once you are baptized, you become one of these members of the church. The church suffering becomes those still in purgatory. The church militants are we who are still struggling here. And the church 
triumphants are those who are in heaven. So we're all one body in Christ. And it is through this baptism that we become, and that is one of the effects of it. Is that not great? Oh, it's beautiful. (laughs) I'm happy to be a member of this family. Yes, and uh, Tom, what do you think about it? (laughs) I think it's great too, Father. (laughs) (laughs) Tom ordinarily would have a problem being a member of most families, but uh, but this is good that God is so merciful and forgiving, right, Tom? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) I'm in that same boat. Thank (laughs) you. I'm in that same boat, and I love being a member uh, of God's family. You remember that uh, this sacrament... We, we try to tie it together. Being part of Christ is one of the effects. Another effect is being a part of the mystical body. That's right. You see? So these are two different effects. One is that you are engrafted. You see? Like the way we graft something, you are put into something and we become part. Then, you are equally, when you are put into that, you now become a member of this mystical body, which is not simply by material, but, because, but it is spiritual. It is mystical. That's right. And we can reap the benefits from that. that is We're it. no longer alone. I, a lot of times, some of my Protestant friends will talk about having this personal relationship with Christ, that it's basically me and Jesus. And what I love to say is, you know, I do have that personal relationship with Jesus Christ. It is me and Jesus, but it's me and Jesus and you and you and you and you and you. And that we're all together bound up in Jesus, that, that we all get those benefits from everyone being part. That is the communion. That is the word communion. Now, another beautiful, beautiful effect of baptism is that that basically God adopts us. We become an, an adopted son or daughter of Christ. Uh, and so, so Jesus, in that sense, becomes our brother. And we see this whole concept of the family. You know, the family of the Trinity, we become part of, the, of this big family. Yeah, that is very great. Because actually in baptism, we are made adopted sons and daughters of God. So it is baptism that makes us this. And so each one of us, I can call you my brother, Deacon Jeff, you see, or my brother Tom, because you're a member of this family. You're adopted. Which brother, Not, which brother do you like better, uh, by the way? Actually, actually <laughs> I'm, still, I'm looking at two of you. I, I can't do that. Well, I love two of you, will you, Paul? Yeah, well, <laughs> let us know at the end of the show. Let us know at the end of the show. Good. So in being a member of a family, now... Uh, a lot of times we we have our own families, our natural families that we that we are born into, and we see the effect of having that family that you can always rely upon, that you can always call upon, that no matter what happens, your family still loves you, even if you you commit the most grievous sin, maybe even against that family, you're still by blood, you're a member of that family. Yeah. And in the same way, and even more so, because we have this merciful and forgiving God, no matter what we do, we're always a member of that family. We can always call upon that family for support. That is, you know, this thing brings actually, when the church talks about this sacrament of baptism and you think of maybe reconciliation, because if, when you become a member of the Christ family by baptism, and take, for instance, you sin or you commit even mortal sin, and eventually, for one reason, you now decide to come back again. Yes. And through the sacrament of reconciliation or uh, the sacrament of confession, you come back. The, the family will not reject you. The priest will always say, don't do this. Then he will now absolve your sins and say, you're welcome back, like the prodigal son. So there is nothing that will make you to say, I, unless by your own personal decision, you, you say you're, it doesn't belong again. 
But once you are baptized, you are a member of the. We have so much more to talk about this sacrament of baptism and the beautiful understanding of the church's teaching about baptism. And we'll do that when we come back. But I do want to remind folks at home that we have a wonderful website, uh, even in Nigeria, uh, www.thecatholiccafe.com. You can go to that website and find out more about what the church teaches. And also you can hear these shows. This very show will be there as well as all the shows that we've ever recorded are there. And you can go back and and, uh, listen to some of those shows. Um, Also, I'd love for you to email me, deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. And so with that, we'll be right back. And this is another great moment in church history. St. John the Baptist is one of the greatest figures in human history. The precursor to Christ, he literally prepared the way for the Lord, saying, I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. As Christ's birth was foretold by an angel, so was John's. One day, when John's father, Zechariah, was fulfilling his priestly duties in the temple, the angel Gabriel appeared to him and announced that his wife Elizabeth would soon be with child. The angel said, Fear not, Zechariah, for your prayer is heard, and your wife Elizabeth shall bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. The angel Gabriel prophesied that John would go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah, that he may turn the hearts of the fathers unto the children, and the incredulous to the wisdom of the just, to prepare unto the Lord a perfect people. John was destined to prepare the people of Judea for the coming of the Messiah. John was born in a small town south of Jerusalem. He lived in the desert as a hermit until around 27 A.D., At the age of 30, he began to preach on the banks of the Jordan River and called the throngs who came to see him to seek repentance and to prepare the way of the Lord. Even though many people thought that he was the Messiah, he continued to point to Jesus Christ as the true Messiah. One day, Christ came to John and sought baptism from him. But John said, It is I who need baptism from you. But as it is portrayed in so many beautiful works of art and in the mysteries of the rosary, John did baptize Christ. As his cousin Jesus returned to his ministry in Galilee, John continued to preach in the Jordan Valley. During this time, King Herod became fearful of John's popularity with the people and had him arrested. Like many prophets of the Old Testament, John was destined to suffer for proclaiming the truth. John was ultimately beheaded. St. John baptized thousands of people with water in the Jordan River as Christ preached and healed, preparing the world for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. St. John the Baptist's feast day is celebrated by the Universal Church on June 24th. The feast for his beheading is August 29th. I'm Vestra Zimski, and this is another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting here with Tom Dorian. 
And we have as our guest, Father Martin Orgiani Oke, and he has uh, graciously uh, agreed to sit in the luxurious corner booth here at the Catholic Cafe. Father Martin, thank you for being with us. Thank you, Dick and Jeff and Tom. And we are so happy to be talking about the effects of baptism uh, in terms of the Catholic teaching and understanding about baptism, why we view baptism as being so important. Uh, we want to continue on in that, that list of all these great things that happens from the Catholic perspective at baptism. And one of the things we want to talk about is the fact that um, at baptism, we basically become a temple for the Holy Spirit. Exactly. That is uh, when Paul was talking about it. He said, don't destroy the temple of the Holy Spirit because by your baptism, you become a temple of the Spirit. If you do that, God will destroy you. So by baptism through sanctifying grace, there is that indwelling, what you may call Shekinah in the Old Testament, Shekinah glory. God dwells in you, makes you a permanent member of a dwelling place of God. And you remember that is actually what happened when God visited the Blessed Virgin Mary. He said, the Holy Spirit will dwell in you, will overshadow you. And that is what actually happens in baptism. And that's Mm. actually the same word was used there for this overshadowing that was used in the Old Testament talking about uh, the the cloud over the tent of meeting. That is the Shekinah glory. Right, beautiful. Yes, at that mountain, that was the glory glory of God that was overshadowed that place. And it's some pretty heavy stuff. That's what happens Mm -hmm. to us at baptism. So we become temples for the Holy Spirit. Yes. Now, does that not sort of call to mind some responsibility in our parts to take care of our temples, right? That we don't want our temples to become tarnished and we don't want to destroy our own temples. We want to take care of our bodies and live our lives a certain way. That is actually, when you remember, Deacon, when you are talking of a temple, the temple is, has many decorations. Even in the Old Testament, even you just think of the temple today as the church. So we do many maintenance to make sure that those things don't fall into rooms. So our body, we must do something. Spiritual maintenance. Spiritual I like maintenance, that. <laughs> exactly. And that is why actually John Paul II developed the theology of the body. Because the body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So the spirit actually does, must have a material place where it inhabits. And now when the Holy Spirit dwells within your temple, right... Obviously, there's this, you mentioned sanctifying grace that comes with with baptism. And so with that gift of grace, we get these wonderful things called the theological virtues. Tell us about that. Yes, you know, actually, the, the, remember we received the gifts of the Spirit. So actually, during baptism, we receive the theological virtues, and which are the virtues of faith, hope, and charity. So these are the theological virtues that is infused into a soul. It's a gift. Now, we don't Unmer- do anything. We, unmerited. That we, is that's it. right. You're unmerited. It, we it don't do anything, uh, anything to earn these. No. We don't deserve it. You don't even yep. deserve it. Tom is just giving to you. It's just like when I give Tom something that he doesn't merit or deserve. Like I give him a cup of coffee and say, take it. So, of, so yes, often, a gift. the you know the Catholics are accused of working out their salvation. That 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 uh, we come closer to God only by our works, and and really, this is the first and foremost sort of entry into a relationship with God, and it's totally a free gift. Yes, you, you see that uh, even the gift. You remember, actually, the love is forced from God, so we are responding to the love of God already. The, the invitation, God first made the invitation. 
So we are now responding in love to the grace of God That's in beautiful. our baptism. So actually, at times, people who don't understand it, the Catholic Church wants to strike a balance between good work and what? And grace. That's right. You see. Uh, the final thing we would kind of discuss about these effects of baptism one of the greatest is this is really sort of your key, your entry into heaven. Uh, we, we should talk a little bit about uh, this idea that, that baptism is necessary to enter heaven and what we mean by that as a Catholic church. Oh, the, the church is actually holding. Remember when in St. John's Gospel, when Christ was talking to Nicodemus, he said, unless you are born again with the water and the Holy Spirit, you can't enter the kingdom of heaven. Yeah, those are Jesus' words, not These ours. These are the words of Christ. John chapter 3, you see. So baptism becomes necessity into heaven. But it's a beautiful idea that, that at our baptism, at our birth, our rebirth, uh, in Christ, yeah. that we're given the keys to the kingdom of heaven at that point. God gratuitously... A free something say this is the key we have opened the door. Remember, I said it is a door. It is a door to everything that is good. It is a door to eternity. Now we have to keep up with our keys. How many of us have lost our house <laughs> keys or our car keys? You can't go anywhere without them. And so our job again in, in in keeping our temples as pure as possible, our job is to hold on to these keys and to keep them firmly in our grasp. Realize the the mercy of God and the love of God and keep that forefront always, but always to focus on this key to heaven that we have and not to drop it or lose it or worse than that, cast it away. Cast it away, yes. Yes. Correct. 100% correct. Now, let's talk about a couple of other little aspects of baptism that are kind of important. You know, there's different types of baptism. A lot of people think, well, is it only this sort of uh, uh, baptism where you go to the church and and, uh, your child has water poured over his or her head, you know, is that the only valid kind of baptism? And actually the church has uh, several different types of baptism, don't yeah, we? Yes, the church, you know, baptism can be by, that baptism by desire. Right, desire. And, yes, desire. Take, for instance, somebody is a catechumenate, actually in somebody who is admitted who, to, uh, about... Into, they profess uh, their desire to come to know Christ God, uh, in his church. Good. In this process of catechumenate, assuming such a person dies... Right. So it means your intention to be baptized is like you have already been baptized. And that is called baptism by desire. That's exactly right. So the church foregoes the formalities of the rite at that point because you have already made that. That uh, that connection with God, that, and in your death, you've actually seen that out. Yes, because the initial intention in the process of this catechumenate, which is a process when you are admitted and uh, they admit uh, you are welcomed into the church and That's you right. want to be baptized. So nothing ordinarily, you are being taught the Catholic ways of doing things. The only thing is that you are waiting for the moment of this ceremony. That's right. God. So, but maybe that comes. The church says you are baptized. And, of course, there's still one other type of baptism, and that is... The, the baptism the, of blood. That's right. Or yes. martyrdom. Yes. Exactly. Martyrdom is when somebody dies because of the faith. Then it means, actually, in the patristic fathers called it the baptism of blood. Right. The early church was replete with this. In fact, persecutions and people didn't necessarily have the opportunity to get baptized. 
about the fate of a child that that maybe dies at birth or just after birth uh, and they haven't been baptized and the church very beautifully talks about uh, what happens here in terms of a, a god of great mercy but, yes. but, but let, let me let me ask, add something to that too yeah. what if, what if a parent just delays having a child baptized or puts it off what what happens to that child yes it's not even good the church does not advise to put off the baptism of a child Each child should be baptized as soon as possible. The church is very, very uh, 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 emphatic about making sure that in canon law it talks about you shouldn't put it off. You need to do it. You need to do it. That's Actually, right. Another thing that you have to do when you're talking of maybe somebody who dies before baptism, the church talks about those whose faith is only known to God. Remember that there are people who are not even Catholics or even who are Catholics like kids. But they didn't have the opportunity of baptism, but they died. So there are things we should equally leave to God, because mm-hmm. only God has an explanation of everything. So we must always think of divine providence. Absolutely, and we also, as our catechism says, we need to trust in God's mercy at that point. Yes. The catechism in, in um, paragraph twelve eighty three says. With respect to children who have died without baptism, the liturgy of the church invites us to trust in God's mercy and to pray for their salvation. So, you know, we are held to the, we're bound to the sacraments, but God's not bound to his rules, right? His sacraments. He is infinite mercy. And so we just trust in God's mercy. Yes, that is providence. So there are things we must trust into God's care. And that is an act of faith. And then remember, as we said, that is equally one of the gifts of God at baptism. We have such a difficulty now in our age of uh, self-help, you know, that we think that we're going to fix everything, that we're going to do everything, and really we need to trust in God, trust in his mercy, and trust in his providence. God knows what's best. Yes. And we just need to believe that. If we know our catechism, if we are well catechized, the solution, the church has the solution to some of these things. We needed some knowledge. And I love the quotation in the book of Hosea when he says, my people are destroyed because of lack of knowledge. I think we are destroyed because of lack of knowledge. We need to crack those books, Catholics out there. Yeah. Crack them open. Start Blow the dust off of them and start reading. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Very beautifully put. Thank you so much, Father Martin, for, for helping us in this un- understanding of baptism. It's been a wonderful show. Thank you so much. I appreciate <laughs> you so much. Thank you, two of you. Uh, you are wonderful. You are marvelous people. We're going to have him back because he's, he's sucking up to us now, and I like that. That's very nice. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Let's close in prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, though we do not deserve it, you lovingly adopt us as your sons and daughters through the Holy Sacrament of Baptism. Help us to always live in the good graces of your family, in all that we say, all that we think, and all that we do. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send an email to deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. 
The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association and is broadcast with ecclesial permission from J. Terry Stive, Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe. There's always room for one more at our table.